A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I'm going to give you one of my favorite tools, especially for those of you who are in competition season right now. For anybody who gets nervous before they compete, I'm going to give you this tool that can help you get your mind dialed in and allow you to just trust your training. This is a tool that applies to test taking, interviews, work. So if you get really great at this in your sport, it's a skill that you will carry with you for your entire life. Here we go. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. It's me, Coach Rebecca. And I'm going to talk to you today about what is going on in your mind when you're getting ready to compete and how much control you happen to have over that. So if you're the kind of person who gets the jitters before a meet or a competition, then you're not alone. Some of the best athletes in the world get nervous. But what you have in place when you get nervous makes all the difference of how you're going to end up performing. So I want to talk to you guys about this, you know, this problem of getting nervous. So you get nervous, then you get tense, then you make mistakes, then you overthink, then you overtry, and then you look back at your performance and go, oh my gosh, what the heck? I was so good in practice. But then when it came time to, you know, count, when it really matters, I totally fell apart, or at least I just underperformed. So if you can relate to that, then I have the solution for you. So the solution to that unpredictable, erratic, tense, pre-competition, like, you know, biting off your mom's head situation is to have a plan. Okay. So there's magic in having a plan. One of my favorite exercises that I do with athletes and perform happy is where we, we lay out, we we figure out exactly how they're going to get to their dream goal. That's one of the first things that we do. Then we dig up all the obstacles. Well, what could get in your way? Okay, let's plan for that. What else could get in your way? Great, let's plan for that. So if you have a plan, then you don't have to go, what if I fail? Well, if this happens, I will do this. If this happens, I will do that. So you, you go from this, you know, anxious, threatened state of being to a person who's got options. And when you have options, and you know that a mistake is not the end of the world, you are resilient, that gives you this increased level of confidence. Just knowing things could go wrong and I will be okay. I have what it takes to cope with hard things. So that's the importance of a plan. Now, I love a mental game plan that you can put into place 
the week before a competition. So this, it starts the week before, goes into the night before, the day of, and at critical moments. So it's important to have a plan for each of those important times. But guess what? You, even if you think you don't have a mental game plan, you already have a plan. I guarantee you. If some of them, uh, you know, this is an extreme example, but some of you might have a plan that looks like, oh my gosh, I have a meet in a week. I'm so stressed. And then you over try and push and then you get really stressed out because you're not making your skills. And then you're really mad at yourself. And then you don't get enough sleep because you're totally in your head the night before. Then you're so nervous. You do not want to eat. And then you go and you're yelling at your family and you're like, don't talk to me, leave me alone. And you're just nervous, nervous, nervous. And then you don't do that well. And then the end. Okay, let me know in the comments if that is sort of how you approach competitions. If you do, it's normal. You know, plenty of people just sort of default to that. So you are already having a game plan, whether you realize it or not. You could probably look back and go, well, what do I do before a competition? I do this, this, and this. And then I'd ask you, is it working? Are you getting the results that you want in competition? If the answer is yes, fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. If the answer is no, then you're going to want to revise that game plan that you have. So here are a couple of misconceptions when people start, you know, writing up their mental game plan. They think that there's like one plan that works for everybody, you know, like, and coaches, I think, make this mistake where they go, hey, everybody visualize three routines before you compete. Well, what if you're not a visual learner? What if you've never been taught how to visualize? What if you only visualize things that you feel like you're messing up on? If you haven't gained control of the skill of imagery, then if you sit 12 girls down to go do all do the same mental skill, maybe 10% are going to get a lot out of it. The other 90 are going to be like, are we done yet? I don't know. Did I, did I pretend like I visualized long enough? You have to customize this for your own needs. The mental skills that work for you are the ones that you want to include in your game plan. Okay. Superstitions. One very common misconception is that this is a series of superstitions. Like I have to put my right sock on first and then my left. And if I don't eat this type of breakfast, I'm not going to be okay. There's a difference between, you know, a pre-performance routine, this mental game plan and a superstition. And the main difference is a superstition controls you. So if you don't do the thing, then it's going to, something bad is going to happen. That's all rooted in anxiety. So that's one way that athletes who are nervous, who don't have enough confidence, sort of try to, you know, get control from something because they feel like, well, if I do all these things, then I'll be okay. When really, that's controlling you. So if you forget the thing, or if mom doesn't pack the lucky pants, you're doomed. So the way that a a mental game plan works is that you based on experience, know exactly what you need to do to get yourself into the right state of mind. It's not a matter of, you know, things happening perfectly. It doesn't even have to be exactly perfect. But you know, for example, that you need to be at a certain energy level. You need to be at a certain level of calm or activation. You know that you need to have a certain attitude going in that you've learned through reflecting on past performances that were successful. And this is what we actually do in the mental game plan challenge in Perform Happy. And there's a reason why it's our last challenge. We have eight challenges in there and it's the last one because you take your time going through those other seven weeks and you learn exactly what you need, all the mental skills that work for you. You you work on imagery. You decide if that works for you. 
You learn how to talk to yourself. You learn how to relate to your coaches and your teammates. You learn how to get in the moment. You learn exactly what works for you so that then you can go, all right, this is where I need to be. And what can I do to get myself into that ideal energy level, that ideal attitude? And that doesn't have to be perfect. You know, so if you, if you know you need to stay warm, for example, like if you get cold for swimmers, you know, if you get cold, you don't swim as well. So then, you know, I need to get warm, but oh shoot, I don't have my parka. What can I do? I'm going to grab a blanket. I'm going to grab a towel. I'm going to keep moving. So it's not about the specifics necessarily. Obviously you'll have your ideal scenario, but you want to be flexible within this because it's all about getting you into the right place so that you can then trust that you've lined yourself up, you've set yourself up for success as well as you possibly could. And you're just going to trust that it's going to be okay. And this goes so far beyond sports. I want to give you a quick example of this little pre-test routine I had when I was in college that just works really well for me and my learning style. And I sort of like formed this as I went through my various years of college. And then I got to this point where I was like, I know exactly how to prepare for a test in a way that I will absolutely ace it. And that is what I want for you. I want you to know, I know exactly how to prepare for a competition. That means that I will nail it. Okay, so my my little example of my pre-performance game plan is a week before, and you always want it to start a week before because a lot of the time that's when, you know, the adrenaline starts to ramp, your awareness starts to go to like the potential pass fail. So I would write out a study guide one week before. And sometimes in some of these grad school classes, that was like a 20 or 30 page study guide, but I would write it all out. So I would I'd put it all on paper, all of the things that I thought I needed to know. And hopefully the teacher has like given you an idea of what you need to know. And then I put, I would actually print it out multiple copies, like five or six copies, and I would post it everywhere. So this is sort of like for you athletes, that's when you're you're hitting your routines. You have certain things that really help you. For swimmers, you might have a specific taper that you do before a meet. You know, you start to know, you work with your coaches to learn what works the best for me to feel like I have done enough that I can trust that I'm I'm going to do the best I can. So I post all of my study guides. That's my visual sense, so that's me seeing it over and over. And then I use my audio So I actually would voice record the study guide into my voice memo in my phone. Sometimes they would take as long as 10 or 15 minutes just reading through the whole thing. And I'd listen to it in the car or I'd listen to it while I was doing chores. So I'd be looking at it. I'd be listening to it. So this might, for you, you might be actually watching videos of you performing successfully. You might be listening to mental choreography, you know, these different, different skills that we teach that allow you to, you know, think about what is it that I'll do and you just get it ready. You see it in your mind going well, you see it repeatedly, you hear it, you feel it at practice. And then, uh, then I just trust, okay, I've given it a week. I've done all the things that I do. Now I'm going to get enough sleep. So the night before I make sure I get enough sleep. That was something really important for me. And it's probably very important for you too. Then the day of, I have, I know that I need breakfast that has like some fat in it, like avocado, maybe some bacon. I need some grains or certain foods that just allow my brain to fire. You know, fats are brain food. So if you can get some good fats in there, that can be really helpful the day before a test. That's what I've noticed. And then, so I've fueled myself properly. I've rested properly. I go in for one more cram session. So that's your timed warm up, right? You go in and, and I look through my notes one more time. 
Then I'd set them aside. I'd say a little prayer. And then while I was sitting at my desk, kind of waiting for the test to arrive or between questions, I'm taking deep breaths and I'm feeling my feet. So in between events, that could be that you're, you know, you're, you're just feeling your feet and you're breathing. You've done your warm up. And it's time to just be present. For people who have a hard time being present, part of your pre-performance routine might be chatting with a friend just to get your mind off of it so you're not too focused on what you're doing if that's going to stress you out. I would keep breathing. I would would say positive self-talk to myself and go, you know this. It's all in there. Just relax and it will come out. So that's an example of, I. that's exactly how I approached every test. And I got straight A's in college because of that strategy that I developed over a series of years. So that's something that you've already been developing. You've been developing your pre-performance routine, your mental game plan. So then once you have a good idea of, okay, this is what I do the week before. This is what I do the day before, the night before, the morning of, as I'm preparing in between events or at critical moments, you have an idea of exactly what works for you. This is not made up. I don't want you to go and be like, I think I should do this. You actually want to look back, and this is part of what we do in that mental game plan challenge. We actually guide you to look back and reflect on the best experiences you've had and the worst experiences so that you know what to include and what to remove from your mental game plan. And then you practice and you practice it, not just at competitions, you practice it before practice. You revise it, you refine it, and then you repeat it because then your routine becomes automatic And you do that before a great practice. And then you go into a meet, you just do the thing you always do. And your brain's like, oh, good. We're ready for a good day. And it's like the train leaves the station and you can just trust it. And then it just takes so much of that anxiety and decision-making out of the process. So I would definitely encourage you to start thinking about what can be in your pre-performance routine. Also, what do you want to remove from it? If when you talk to your mom about, you know, your sport, you get stressed, then say, mom, No talking about sports today. You know, see if you can add that into the family's routine. If you have any questions about this, please reach out. I want to let you know this is our last day to take new elite members into Perform Happy. We do limit the amount of people. So make sure that if you're interested, you get in right away. This is where we we pair you with one of our expert coaches. You get two coaching sessions per month. Plus, we fold you into our group trainings with athletes just like you who are building confidence, sharpening their mental acts, and rising to those big dream goals. We would love to have you. If you have questions, again, reach out, or you can just go to performhappy.com and sign up. Can't wait to see you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.